Good morning and welcome to another podcast of Iconic Freedom, The Formula. We are talking about setting standards for accountability and responsibility in this journey of personal development. Let each care for self and all will be cared for. So I wanted to start off today um, kind of talking about something that I think is I mean, for me, it was very interesting. So it was a, a, a big epiphany for me when I came to really understand about accountability and responsibility. I mean, like literally all the cards fell into place as if I was playing solitaire on a computer, you know, and how you turn the, the right card over and then everything kind of goes, you know, kind of pulls together. Boom. So um, that's a technical term, by the way. Uh, anyway, so, you know, and it, it's been really, I, I mean, very useful for me over the years into uh, developing more of myself and being able to speak to others about that same, those same qualities and uh, those same experiences. Well, recently, I was kind of thinking the same thing that... You know, there are people that have a particular, well, they, they have a particular political persuasion, um, but they always seem to have what seems like um, a sense of entitlement or self-righteousness all the time. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, all political parties do this, but, you know, one party, you know, seems to do it quite a bit. Um, and I mean, most people know that I'm talking about liberals. Um, conservatives are a little bit better. Republicans, I guess, in, in name only, some of them. But I mean, they tend to have a little bit better ability to self-correct and to self-evaluate and self-correct, which I think can be really, you know, powerful. But what I wanted to kind of talk about um, was this ideology, this this the ideologues that uh, this tries to be utilized for, you know, b- politics, especially weaponizing politics. Um, a lot of people have said, you know, well, it's a power issue. Um, you know, they've made other comments in regard to that. But I don't I kept thinking about it. I thought, you know, I don't think it's just about power. We talk about people's self-interest and that your self-interest, your motivation, what incentivizes you to make choices in your life. And from those choices, from those uh, incentives, those self-interests, you make decisions about how you're going to filter the world and how you approach the world. Now, you've been listening to the podcast, you know accountability means you're owning your own choices. You're taking ownership of those choices and you're trying your best to not impact others. So you're having uh, an ability to respond to those choices and to do no harm. But other people that, you know, they have this power grab or this power um, ideology, is it just that or is it more to it than that? Um, So in terms of like ideologues, you know, they really, they, when I came to understand myself in that role, because I was one of those people like years ago, 
And I was one of those individuals. I thought that life was happening to me and not because of me. And I tried to, you know, blame other people in certain situations uh, for the reasons why things didn't go my way or whatever. One of the other things, though, that was really kind of fascinating was whenever I would get into discussions or, you know, debates with people or arguments, it always seemed to be of an emotional uh, nature. Or the other thing that I always thought was fascinating was that I found myself parroting what other people said. You know, I would hear these people say certain things and then I would just, you know, I would just, you know, spew the same stuff thinking that, you know, I, I sounded intelligent. Um, I'm really not sure that people thought I sounded intelligent, but I thought I did, which is, you know, basically another tenant of, you know, that, that ideology that people will hold on to. But when you think about it, people that are ideologues, they have an inability to comprehend concepts, right? They attach themselves to ideals that have been established by someone else. And if they resonate to it enough, then they will try to weaponize it by using it in an argument. But what's so interesting to me, and I knew this for myself when I experienced it, was that what was funny was that I couldn't back up the argument. I could say something that somebody else said, but I didn't understand it. Now, if you remember way back months ago, I talked about, you know, I believe, I think, I know. You know, those tenants, uh, those characters, there's characteristics and qualities of being accountable, right? If I know something, I should be able to speak to it. And that came to me, you know, quite a few years ago, uh, over a decade, you know, when the whole Tea Party thing was going on, I realized more and more the need for myself to educate myself. If I was really going to talk about free market principles, did I really understand what that meant? And then what was interesting to me was the more I understood it, the less people around me knew what they were talking about. And then I came to understand, oh my gosh, you don't know what the hell you're saying. You're talking about, you know, we like free market principles, but then you're acting in ways, you're making choices that do not represent that. So it was interesting to me that people will choose a reality that will affirm their own self-interest right i mean they will they will cherry pick things that people say so that it boosts up whatever it is they're filtering through their world but the problem is is that they haven't thought it through because if they think through these supposed ideas that they have those ideas may become a house of cards and it just kind of falls when the argument falls. You know, people are very good about doing things like, well, they'll say, you know, well, uh, it's common knowledge or it's common sense or, or we, we must, you know. Uh, they are using terminology that they feel the ideology is ready to be affirmed right? They're looking for others to affirm what they need to have as confirmed as thought. And they want group affirmation so that they don't have to be responsible. They want to excuse the responsibility of their choice, or they're allowing others to excuse 
their responsibility by just agreeing with them. That's all they have to do is agree with them. So I'm going to say something that I know a lot of people will, you know, probably bristle at, but <laughs> it's kind of interesting that ideologues, they don't really have any ideas of their own. And to be honest, they're not very intelligent people. So to be intelligent, it's not just taking in data and then spitting something out, you know, like taking a test. You know, you, you, you memorize things and then you sit down at a test and then you just regurgitate it and that's all there is to it. But you don't really synthesize the information, right? You don't sort it out. You're just really basically parroting what was said or what you learned. You weren't really um, assimilating the ideas and understanding for yourself, well, what does all of this stuff mean? And then the question I often ask people is, is, well, how are you going to break yourself from being an ideologue? Because you have to have thought something through, and then you have to own it, whatever it is. And I will say that, you know, most often, not always, but most often liberals never feel like they have to self-correct. If they hear a concept and they are so trapped in their own neediness for that group, group affirmation, they will only go to sources that will support their concept that they're attached to. It satisfies something in them, whatever that self-interest is. They have an emotional need for it to be true so they can rest comfortably with the choice that they made to avoid ownership and accountability. And then everything for them becomes basically a defense mechanism. But really, when you start to break it down, you start to understand that they're not really thinking these things through. Like I mentioned before, someone might say, you know, something about free market principles, but the reason why they can't ever talk about it, and believe me, there are people on both sides of the aisle that can't do this. They can't talk about the free market principle because they really don't understand it. Uh, one of my heroes, well, a couple of my heroes, uh, Thomas Sowell and... Um, Oh, gosh, Art Laffer is another one, uh, but probably the one I really like the most is Milton Friedman. I mean, these people taught me so much about what free markets are like, how it all starts, What what is a supply chain? You hear people use that term, you know, the supply chain, but do they understand what that even means? What does it mean to create a job? Any politician that's standing up there saying that they're creating jobs, Unless they've ever created a business of their own from the ground up, to be honest, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Government does not create jobs. Why does government not create jobs? Because government has no money. They have no capital. They have no product. What does it take to start a business? It takes the ability to serve, so you have to have some sort of service that you provide to people. Maybe you're an IT tech, or maybe you are a carpenter or an electrician. These are services that people will trade your services, your intelligence, your knowledge 
for dollars in their pocket. Okay, that's creating a job. Why? Because that person didn't have a job until you paid them. What's it like opening up a store? That's creating jobs. Opening up any kind of a business where people are either going to go online or they're going to go to you know, your brick and mortar and they're going to buy your products, whatever those products are. But those products are made from a supply chain. Where does the supply chain start? It just depends. What do you have in your store? Do you have food? Do you have different types of grocery? Do you have clothing? All of those things create jobs. Why? Because people had to make those things. People had to produce those things. Farmers had to raise cows, had to uh, till their farms in order for their cows to eat, in order to fatten them up so that at some point they would be able to, you know, basically slaughter the cow, get it to market, they sell it to the markets and then the markets sell it to the people. And in between, there are all these people, all these jobs that get created from whence that actually occurs. One of the fascinating things that I thought Milton Friedman talked about years ago, and you can find this online somewhere, is where he talks about the making of a pencil and how all of the people that are involved making that pencil. And it was really cool. I, I just thought it was such a, a great analogy and a great example, actually, because it's true. But you can do that with anything. But if you think about what people espousing free, oh, free market principles, oh, those don't work. Well, they don't work because the fact is, is you don't really understand them. So I'm going to spend a couple of podcasts kind of talking about this and breaking it down. I think these are really important concepts to understand that what are ideologues doing to our society? Because they really are damaging our society in a huge way. They're responding to everything in some emotional way that distracts from what is actual what is actually fact and what is the reality. Because we know, right, when a person is emotional, they're no longer in reality. Well, if ideologues are held to their belief systems, but they're not really thinking things through logic and reason, then all conversation is, is really halted. So as you're kind of going through your week this next week, just contemplate this idea of when you're listening to other people or you're listening to people on the news and in the media because they are very manipulative right now and the manipulation is very subtle i mean it's really fascinating you know when people start off with a false premise and they say well we all know well no we don't all know so you're saying that everyone knows something that indeed is not a fact it happens to be your opinion. How do we know that? Based on evidence. If something is a fact, there is evidence to prove it. If it is not, then it's just an opinion. And to be honest, that's a fact. <laughs> it's just your opinion. But go back to those principles of I believe, I think, I know. And think about what it means for people that are ideologues, that 
crave an ideology that all they're doing is they are attaching themselves to other people's opinions, other people's ideas, but they haven't yet integrated it for themselves. They don't actually know because they've never done the work to understand what it means. So then when they get up on a debate stage, they're not even able to speak to it. Why? Because they don't understand the basic principles of the things that they're spouting off. And we are at the end of another podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hit that like button if you would. Share this with your friends and family. You never know what they might get out of this. If you'd like to subscribe, feel free to do so. You can do that on the website, link down below. My email is there. So if you have a situation that you'd like me to cover on the podcast, that would be awesome. I'd be happy to do that. Send me an email. 